good morning. I couldn't resist with this 18th century Noel uh, ensemble for you this morning. This is Claudia Shamba, your host on Ask a Leader. It's the Christmas edition of 2012 All, and my guests today are from recordings, uh, recorded interviews I did uh, earlier uh, last week with first the uh, Vice President and Development and Marketing is, uh, from the Bowers Museum is Megan Martinez, and she'll talk about what you can do over the holidays as well as what you can do after the holidays, well, two important steps. And then in the second half, I will have Stuart Ashman, who is the President and CEO of the Museum of Latin American Art in Long Beach. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. My guest in this portion of Ask a Leader is Bowers Museum Vice President of Development and Marketing, Megan Martinez. Megan joined the Bowers administrative team a little over a year ago. Prior to this appointment, she spent six years at the Long Beach Museum of Art as assistant to the director and uh, the later director of operations. Megan trained as an artist and having sold her first work of art at the age of 19, that is her own work, she's gained experience in marketing, membership, special events, and fundraising. Megan attended high school in Laguna Beach and received her bachelor's degree in studio art from her hometown, St. Louis University in Missouri. She comes to us today from Santa Ana. Megan Martinez, welcome to Ask a Leader. Hi, Claudia. Thank you for having me. Well, happy holidays to you. There's so much to celebrate at the Bowers in this holiday stretch. I'd like it if you could talk about first the cut cost and the cin- costume and the cinema that opened just last uh, December 15th. Uh, well done. Uh, congratulations on doing that, Megan. And uh, tell us a little bit how you were able to uh, again, maintain these inestimable connections with arranging these featured exhibits. This was with the, the cost prop LTD in London. Tell us how you set all that up. Uh, we are very excited to have Cut Costume in the Cinema here. And one of the best things about opening week last week was we actually had the lead curator, Nancy Lawson, in town from New York to help with the installation for two weeks. And she was able to be here uh, for our openings, our VIP receptions, and our member opening and our press preview. So it was an an extra added little twist. So every time we do set up these great exhibitions, we're always grateful when a little more comes with it. So uh, Cut is going well, and it is one of our featured shows for the holidays. We have Johnny Depp's Pirates of the Caribbean costume is one that's going to draw in the families, but we also have everything for the women, too, Phantom of the Opera and uh, Kira Knightley and the Duchess, and it's just, it's a beautiful installation, and we're very happy to be working with Cosprop and um, having cut here for the for the next few months through March 10th. March 10th, folks, but it it's open now, and so this would be a lovely uh, one stop on your holiday. Uh, what do I do with my free time now, and I while I'm stuffed to kind of occasions? And uh, we uh, also would like to bring our listeners' attentions to the already uh, being exhibited, the uh, well, there's the Imperial Jeweler to the Czars. That's uh, ending on January 6th, so now is the time. Can you talk to us about that Fabergé collection, Megan? 
Fabergé is beautiful. Um, everyone, it, it is unfortunate that it's leaving already in January 6th, and we're only going to have about 10 days left to see it, but it is absolutely stunning. It is all from a private collection in Houston, and it's one of the most extensive collection, private collections of Fabergé work. And, of course, um, one of the first pieces everyone sees when they walk into the room is a gorgeous tiara with an eight-carat center-cut diamond, and it's it, the show just goes on from there. We do have the Fabergé eggs, is always everyone's question. Yes. Are there eggs? There are eggs, <laughs> and they're they're exquisite. And the whole show is just stunning. Over 120 Fabergé works, from the clocks to the eggs to the cigarette cases, and and the entire history of the Russian Revolution and how Fabergé and the workshop plays into the changes in the country. And it's it's just a beautiful show and. It's unfortunate that there's just a few days left, but we hope everybody has time with the holiday breaks to come on out and see Fabergé before it closes January 6th. And Three Kings Day. That's when the Eastern Orthodox <laughs> finishes off the holidays. No, yeah. no kidding. And then you also have, it'll close on the 13th. It's been going on for several months now, many months, the Read My Pins. That's Madeline Albright's collection of the brooches that she wore because she discovered that by wearing certain meetings, uh, at certain meetings, particular pins, she was able to sort of demonstrate, set a tone, uh, do all kinds of things with those brooches. Can you tell us about that collection, Megan? Yes, yes. So Madeline Albright, first and foremost, everyone should also come see Read My Pins while it's on display with Cut and Fabergé. But the thing that was uh, amazing is Madeline herself came with ah, yes. the show just as I mentioned, Nancy Lawson came with Cut. We had Madeline Albright here for the opening of Read My Pens, and it was just an exceptional week of events uh, with her here for the press tour, the member opening, a VIP reception. She did a fundraising dinner to help support all the educational programs that we're doing in conjunction with the show, and her collection is extensive. She had shared some tidbits. She really misses some of the pieces that are on display because the show's been touring the country for years now and so she's uh jokes about it returning home so she can wear some of the pins um but we've we've had a great time with the show it's about 100 100 over no over 200 pins in the collection uh, on display and each one has their own story and what's funny is uh she shares with us that the pins, uh, of course, tell their own story, but she would always say, read my pins, um, after the first George Bush said, read my lips. And right. so she she says, read my pins. And from there, she wears butterflies and flowers on good days, and she'd always say she'd wear uh, insects and serpents on bad days. And so it would really play into her, her role and um, she's a wonderful person, and it's a great exhibition, and it ties in directly to our uh, our world history. Oh my goodness! As you say on the website about the the feelings coming through her high hopes, her determination, and patience, and warm feelings. So, and folks, that this is a uh, Herbert Walker, uh, George Bush, uh, uh, whose line was uh, his his uh, um, his line was about re- reading his lips about the, excuse me the tax policy, and then uh, Madeleine Albright served as President Bill Clinton's Secretary of State for one of the, of his two terms. So that's she was as that Secretary of State in uh, meeting with with all of them all around the world there. So um, mm-hmm. and then accompanying these uh, exhibits are various performances now to set the tone for the um, 
I'm not sure which one you're pairing the um, the Dresden souvenir from Dresden. Your this is a lute. Uh, music performance on Sunday, December 30th. Um, that will be uh, at 1.30 p.m. That will be, is that pairing with particular um, one of the exhibits? Um, it's it's not. Um, the performance can uh, is closely tied into cut, but it's um, not an intentional connection, but the costuming of the, um, of the musician, the choir, uh, dressing in costumes, it period costume, so it, it oh, ties good. in in that sense to cut, but um, we we just love doing different cultural programs here at the Bowers, so it, it may not always directly relate to an exhibition on display, but we try to hint at little things, so the choir will be in, in their costume, and um, the it's just a great opportunity for the Bowers to have a year-end weekend performance, and it's free to members and free with paid admission to the museum, so it's a great one, and and then you get that experience of all three exhibitions on that day as well. So, we we hope to be busy the holidays. Um, uh, absolutely, and then the uh, next, what which should pair perhaps with the um, closing of the the Fabergé is uh, exhibit is the um, Slavic embellishments, the Zena. Mm-hmm. I think I'm pronouncing Zena Zena folk course with Ondar and the Eagles of Tuva, and mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. is the that really really rich multi-guttural guttural sounds. Um, that's mm-hmm. on Jan- uh, January 5th, Saturday, the day before the actual closing, Saturday, mm-hmm. 5 o'clock. So that mm-hmm. uh, that would be a, an otherworldly kind of sound, I'm sure. Yes, and that's part of our Bowers After Hours programs. And so since our normal museum operating hours are 10 to 4, we like to try and have at least one program a month where we can open up in the evenings and have people that may work during the week and can't come in our regular operating hours to still be able to experience all the great exhibitions. So we will be open from 5 to 9.30 that evening with the program beginning at 8 o'clock. So and, it's an, and Megan, when you, excuse me, when you're open, that the, there are exhibits that can be viewed. People can move in and out of the uh, galleries mm-hmm. and, and hear the performance. So there's Absolutely. everything for the uh, census to experience there. Yeah. And the gallery store is open on those nights, and the restaurant Tangata is also open for dinner reservations as well. So we, we open up the whole museum on Bauer After Hour evenings. Okay. And uh, one, uh, to, while we're on the uh, Bowers After Hours, then skirting the issue, dressing the 18th and 19th century women, woman, uh, that's on January 15th after the holidays, but folks within shooting dis- uh, stone throw distance of um, the, our holiday celebration right now, as well as Hollywood Revisited, that's on February 5th of the new year. But uh, just make sure we've got my details straight. I think I've uh, flubbed a little bit on the details. Skirting the issue, Dressing the 18th, 19th century woman of the Bowers After Hours programs. That is January 12th, correct? Yes. Uh, Bowers After Hours will be taking place on Saturday. So it'll be Saturday, January 12th. And then for Hollywood Revisited, we will be featuring that one on Saturday, February 2nd. February 2nd. Now, for uh, 2013, Megan Martinez, tell us uh, about any sorts of real big uh, projects in store for us to plan on for the new year, into the, first, the new year. Yeah, the first thing that's going to be happening and is big, and we are excited to have here in Santa Ana at the Bowers, is actually Lucy's Legacy, the hidden treasure of Ethiopia. She's coming to us. She's been in the United States for a few years, traveling in New York at the museum there and in the Houston Museum of Natural Sciences, but we are 
very grateful that she is actually going to be coming here. She will open to the public on Sunday, February 10th for members. They get to come in on Saturday, February 9th. And this will be everybody's last chance to see Lucy as, because she will be returning to Ethiopia at the closing of our exhibition here in May. And this is the famous primate? It is. This is it natural is the history. the mother of us all. Oh, wow. Yes. The natural history and a, a real contrast to the the culture uh, that's been pervaded in some of the, um, the, in the existing exhibitions mm-hmm. at this point. So it'll be in the, um, in one of several different uh, of galleries then? Will people see this? It's going to be taking the place of our current Fabergé show that once again closes January 6th and we'll be preparing for Lucy to open to the public again on February 10th. Okay, fine. Well, that'll be phenomenal. And uh, how long did you say that is going to run for so that we know uh, both of the first Sundays that are affected by that as well as just Mm -hmm. where people planning for school trips and that kind of a thing? Exactly. She's here. Perfect timing for school tours. She's actually here until May 12th. So February 12th. 10th to May 12th. Okay, good. And for those on spring break, this that uh, everybody will have a chance. So uh, this will include uh, in natural history, any other kinds of um, sorts of anthropological, cultural aspects to the exhibition? We'll be focusing on Ethiopia and the cultures of the country there with over 80 different celebrated cultures in the country. So... Yeah, it'll have some historical and uh, relevance to the country as well. And are there, Megan, any um, any guests uh, representing the country that will be uh, on hand between February and uh, the middle of May? Or is we that a secret? Working, uh, <laughs> we are working out all those details. There will definitely be special guests, but they will they'll be announced with the exhibition opening week. So stay tuned. Our website at Bowers dot org. Amen. Right, and a reminder, Bowers is located also at the corner of 20th and Main Streets in Santa Ana. That's just a minute, just one minute, at Santa Ana minute from the I-5 freeway. So um, looking forward to some great programming. If everybody keeps looking at the Bowers.org website, you'll be able to post yourselves on those delectable arrangements that are being made. For those you who are just joining us, uh, my guest to this portion of Ask a Leader is Megan Martinez. She's the Vice President of Development at the Bowers Museum located in Santa Ana, making a real statement with uh, the, all the heady culture uh, in uh, amidst all the kinds of flavors of culture there in Santa Ana, which is the center of center of Orange County, for goodness sake. Uh, and we're also, we're, we're um, you can hear us uh, on uh, KUCI at 80.9 FM and Irvine, streaming live all over the world on KUCI.org. So we've talked about the uh, Bowers after hours. Now, I don't want a moment to uh, go by longer before uh, we mentioned about the Las Posadas event. I spoke last week about uh, the tradition of Las Posadas, and I uh, gave sort of a, a, a general reference to the Bowers rep- uh, present, presenting this piece. Let's, uh, Megan, talk about the Las Posadas that will be held at Bowers on Saturday, December 20. Oh, no, when we broadcast this, it'll already have happened. So, oh, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So we don't have a chance to uh, bring that up. But Folks, that doesn't mean you can't keep this on. You write this ahead in your next year calendar because it's been a ritual because of, um, mm-hmm. of, of Bowers hosting this. So I'm sorry. Hope everybody got to do it last Saturday on the 22nd. <laughs> so um, we have now uh, some, some other, some films that 
Bowers also presents. Those are afternoon presentations. The first one coming up, I think we don't have any between now and uh, before the 28th. So that would be, the first is uh, in the theme, 400 Years of Fashion, Anatomy of a Collection. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, the 400 Years of Fashion is actually based on the collection of the Victoria and Albert Museum in London. And so with cost prop being in London and Victoria and Albert, we uh, thought it'd be a great connection to um, just screen this. It's just a short hour-long film that uh, does an overview of Victoria and Albert and their collection and of costumes, and it ties in directly to the work that cost prop is doing and the exhibition of cut costume in the cinema here at the Bowers. That, again, that's on uh, Friday, December 28th at one thirty, and planned, that's a, about an hour-long program, longer? Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, okay, and then Genghis Blues is on January 5th, also at one thirty, January 5th, 2013, folks. And can you tell us a little bit about that program, Megan Martinez? So it's an Oscar-nominated film. We love doing documentaries. We try to have them at least once a month um, and tie them into other programs and exhibitions here at the museum. So that, again, is um, ties in to the TUVA program on January 5th uh, that will be in the evening for Bowers After Hours. So we're we're doing a full-day film and discussion, yes. Genghis Blues, based on the Oscar-nominated documentary and focusing on the TUVA again. And so we are... Uh, it'll be a full day of the choir and tuba and film discussion and the evening program. So, Wow, a real robust offering. So, And then there's, the, as you said, Tangata is right there. Uh, it is a, a, I don't know how many stars, it's enough stars, uh, of <laughs> a um, provided there, pervade at um, the, the restaurant on the premises there, as well as there's, uh, now you could take a break, folks, if you're thinking you need to, there's the Kidzeum just down the street, just a block and a half away, so that um, if uh, you wanted to make sure everybody, you covered everybody's needs, the, this is also possible, and the ticket for Bowers gets you into the Kidzeum, correct? Mm-hmm. Yes, it does, and our Kidzeum, we um, are open on Fridays, Saturdays, and Sundays to the public because we have so many school tours that come during the week. However, during the holidays, we will be open January 2nd through the 6th. So we will be open that whole week of the new year at Kidzium from 10 to 4. Good. And we have uh, drop-in workshops and storytelling and music and uh, drumming circles, and it's just a hands-on opportunity to experience the different cultures. It is. I remember that from many years ago that... Um getting a lot out of that. Costumes you can put on, things you can, oh, it's really very tactile. So everybody's been told to keep their hands in their pockets for the Fabergé eggs. (laughs) They can can get, (laughs) pull them right out of their pockets and and get with it with all kinds of of kinesthetic opportunities, as it were. Well, um, and I must say that as you you fleetingly uh, referred to the store, the museum store, it has plenty going on there. I've one of a kind things, folks. Uh, whether it's um, there's books, there's I'm, I may sound like a shill, but that's because I just know that store well enough to mm-hmm. say what's in there and uh, th- things that you aren't, you're not even looking for. I find uh, stocking stuffers have been there, party favors, all kinds of um, of um, you know things to dress in, write on, read about, uh, show off. It's a uh, it's the spe- very special things curate. You could say they are curated at this museum mm-hmm. store, are they not? They are, absolutely. We have a director of retail sales, Pauline, does an excellent job curating the items in the store with the exhibitions that are on display. So you can actually buy your own little Fabergé egg right now. Okay. 
Very, very. Wow, that's that's amazing. Think of the insurance that Bowers has to run um, from year to year, though, with these amazing collections. Though that's that's a large part of the backstory. That um, we don't have. We just let Megan's office worry about that while we just uh, deal with the uh, the bling. Enjoy <laughs> once we, everything. Once we yes. walk in there. Well, I know there's going to be a lot more programs after January, February. But what we wanted to do with this program today was cover uh, what is going on in the holidays for everyone's holiday pleasure. Now, I, we've covered um, the the uh, workshops that are ongoing at the Kidsium, but we need to go back to the Bowers and look at that before we close the interview, Megan. Tell us what a little bit about some of the other um, sort of the hands-on things that are happening at the Bowers workshops, things we haven't covered already. So the a lot of the things that happen here at the Bowers with our programs, we have a lot of affiliate councils that help support some of our programs. So we have the Bead Society of Orange County. They are having their big annual bead bazaar in April, but they do monthly workshops that the public can participate in and lectures um, as well. And then we have a... Oh, Megan, before you say, where, what's huh? the nearest monthly workshop then for listeners to plan on? The... Next one we have coming up uh, for a studio art workshop for hands-on experience for adults. Um, it's going to be January 26th, okay. on Saturday, and that will be at 1 o'clock in the afternoon. All right. That's good. That's coming mm-hmm. up, folks. So, And then uh, some others you were going to talk about, uh, other affiliated councils that uh, participate with workshops presented at the Bowers. So the... Um, Right now, we don't have any other. We have our other affiliate councils don't have any workshops planned for the winter. A lot of them are uh, celebrating with their families and going to other museums and taking in their programs. Right. Uh, right now, so there's uh, not a lot with the other councils at this time. Okay. It's really Bead Society is the main one that does a monthly program, and the uh, and then for hands on our Italian. Cultural Arts Council does the Cinema Italiano, and so they do monthly programs also, but there is, theirs are always films, so they run the Italian films in our state-of-the-art Kershaw Auditorium. So the next Italian film will be on Sunday, January 20th. Okay, good. All right. So... Uh, for those of you who just joined us, uh, again, I'll let you know, this is Megan Martinez, our guest right now. She's the Vice President of Development at the Bowers Museum, locating where it's all happening in the center of Santa Ana, California. And we must also mention today the Target-Free First Sundays. We, we, we're hearing about that at some of the other museums, and Target generously is extending the underwriting for people to walk straight in to Bowers for free on the first Sunday of every month. How will that be working, other than the obvious? It is a terrific partnership we have with Target. It's been ongoing for a number of years now. So the first Sunday of every month is free for everyone at the Bowers Museum, thanks to Target. And the great thing about it, uh, beyond the free admission to the museum and all of our special exhibitions, is we have a generous grant from the Nicholas Endowment and an anonymous donor that helps support a family festival. So we also, not only do we have free admission on the first Sunday, but there is a family festival, which is also free from noon to 3.30. And those are each one is themed around a different culture. So our first one for the new year on January 6th is actually going to be Hollywood film and fashion to tie in directly with cut. So we're very excited to have a little different opportunity for our, our first first free day of the new year. And what time will that be? 
So free days are our regular operating hours. So we're free all day from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. on Target free days. Right, right. Excuse me. So, Megan, you're talking about the the Hollywood film and fashion. Is is Mm -hmm. that that's an event on, or is it the theme of the whole day? It's the theme of the day, and the the family festival will be from noon to 3:30. Ah, okay. And that is that is really a wonderful time. I've been there. I think at least one uh, first Sunday, and it's 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 just sort of like a it's a big tent. <laughs> All, everybody's coming from everywhere uh, to take part of that. So for some of you who wonder about the bubble you're living in, well, the bubble uh, is is pierced, and you've got all kinds of of people converging on those uh, for those kinds of family, uh, you know, first day festivals. So that three cheers to the anonymous and uh, not so anonymous donors that uh, are underwriting those festivals for for the yeah. general public. Yes, yes. We we accommodate thousands of people every free day. So it's a great great experience and great partnership we have with Target and the Nicholas Endowment. Well, I thank you for taking us setting aside valuable time as you're wrapping up so many uh, events and um, occasions there at the Bowers at the end of the year. Megan Martinez, I want to wish you a happy holiday and thank you for coming on Ask a Leader today. Oh, thank you and happy holidays to everyone. Thanks a lot. Take care. We'll be back after a, an interlude here with a um, Cincinnati Pops um, rendition of uh, Walking in the Air from the Snowman film. And you uh, will hear from my pre-recorded interview with the CEO and president of the MOLA, the Museum of Latin American Art. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Ask a Leader. My guest in this part of the show is the CEO and President of the Museum of Latin American Art, Stuart Ashman. The Museum of Latin American Art is, from the Orange County perspective, one of Long Beach's best-kept secrets. With Stuart Ashman's appearance on the show today, we shall unearth the profile for a a few million people who live so close to this cultural jewel. For the holidays, you have plenty of fare on which to feast your eyes and, in many cases, your ears and even your palate. In Stuart Ashman is a museum executive and cultural ambassador for over 30 years. He was raised in Matanzas and Habana, Cuba, before his family relocated to New York, where he completed his Bachelor of Arts degree at the City University of New York in Photography and Fine Art. His additional studies include graduate work at the Rochester Institute of Technology and private workshops in photography as well as participation in the Gettys Museum Leadership Institute. Mr. Ashman was previously director of the New Mexico Museum of Art, the Museum of Spanish Colonial Art, a posting as secretary of the New Mexico Department of Cultural Affairs, and a position as expert consultant for the United States Peace Corps and assignment as the Director of Latin American Programs at the Richardson Institute for Global Engagement, among others. He comes to us today from Long Beach, California. Stuart Ashman, welcome to Ask a Leader. Well, thank you, and thank you for the wonderful introduction. We are glad to get a chance to 
bring this jewel out for everybody. First, Stuart Ashman, I'd like to do a fast forward for the listening audience of the building in which MOLA is housed. It all started, folks, as the headquarters for the silent movie studio known as the Balboa Amusement Producing Company in the 1910s, before Hollywood even was. And in the late 1920s, the Hippodrome was built on the site, offering skaters a haven for four decades. Then the building served as a senior health center for 15 years. The high vaulted ceilings and the beautiful wooden floors, and they really are beautiful, were perfectly suited for the Hippodrome's final metamorphosis into the Museum of Latin American Art, founded in 1996, where Stuart Ashman now presides. So, Mr. Stuart Ashman, if you could, you could act as a pilot and let us hover uh, audio in an audio way over the entire complex. Tell us about each section of MOLA. Well, you gave a wonderful uh, historic introduction to it. Uh, <clears throat> the Balboa Studio uh, was actually where they filmed the Little Rascals, which everybody's familiar with. Indeed. And of course, I run into a lot of people that tell me they used to roller skate in our galleries before they were galleries. In 2007, uh, we had uh, an architect from San Diego, Manuel Rosen, come and do a complete renovation of the building, making it a state-of-the-art facility. It's just under 50,000 square feet on four acres. And what we have um, is um, several galleries which show the permanent collection, changing exhibitions, and a project space which shows the most cutting-edge uh, trends in Latin American art. We also have a very big um, performing arts center, outdoor performing arts center, amphitheater, which also doubles as a sculpture garden. And then there's the, the actual Balboa event center, which is a 7,000-square-foot ballroom where we hold big events. Big events. Uh, I know. I remember an auction was pretty exciting, and right. dancing, a, and a, a tequila sampling. Exactly, tequila sampling. But uh, we digress. Recently had Lucha Libre. Uh, we also have a wonderful small restaurant called Café Viva and a museum store. Uh, and the museum has a staff of 49, uh, and we're open five days a week. Uh, just closed on Mondays and Tuesdays, open every other day, 11 to 5. Uh, Sundays are free thanks to a major grant from uh, Target, known as Target Free Sundays. Uh, so we get uh, hundreds of people coming on Sundays particularly, uh, and it's a wonderful thing to do on the weekends. We have uh, uh, several exhibitions right now. Yes. We have four exhibits up. Uh, one is uh, in the project space is Camilo Ontiveros, who is a Mexican-born artist that yes. lives in Los Angeles. Uh, and he has done an exhibit on the intersection between Filipino young people and Mexican young people in boxing. And so it's a series of videos. There's a boxing ring, uh, and you can see how boxing uh, serves as a link between these communities, which have a long history. Uh, as sport. you know, yes. you know um, uh, a lot of the Mexican uh, women's stoles that we see, women's shawls that we see that we think of as Mexican or at, were actually made in the Philippines uh, and shipped from the Philippines to Acapulco because Acapulco was a port of entry. Uh, so that's an interesting historic link. Then we have an exhibit of Lola Alvarez Bravo. Oh, the photographer of an era, yes. Yeah, an 
incredible photographer who, you know, was friends with Diego Rivera and mm-hmm. Frida Kahlo and the American uh, Edward Weston, uh, Tina Modari, Siqueiros, Orozco, all of those people uh, basically hung out together in what was a small uh, arts community in Mexico City. Uh, and these are major works uh, from a private collection uh, that we were able to secure, along with some works from the Center for Contemporary Photography uh, in Tucson. And we hesitate, and we don't hesitate, we hasten to say that this exhibit is uh, uh, now uh, available uh, until January 20th, folks. So um, for if you want to see the icons on wheels, this uh, Lola Alvarez Bravo Photography and Air exhibit is is. Definitely a holiday pick. That's yes, a good call. And, you know, of interest is also the fact that this exhibit and the one next door were both done by women in a time yes. when women were not being recognized as artists, so it's uh, particularly significant for that reason. And the other show is a group of paintings by a Colombian painter from Medellin uh, named Debra Arango. And Debra um, uh, was a society woman who painted and really was shunned for being a painter and for the kinds of things that she painted, which were highly political and had uh, lots of social commentary. And this was an exhibit mounted by the uh, Museo de Arte de Medellín in Colombia, mm-hmm. and we are the first venue in the United States to show this artist's work. And this also is going to close after, or it's closed right through uh, January 20th of 2013. So these two women are, they're packing it up and at, at the, the, the second to last week of January. So folks, this is, this is going to be really important to see. And uh, this is organized and collaborated with that Museo de Arte Moderno de Medellin. So it's, um, and back to the, that private collection there. Uh, no, no drug money uh, underwriting any of that. That's right. <laughs> uh, uh, and then the other exhibit, uh, is in our permanent collection gallery, and what our curator of education did is she created a theme, Loteria, which which is a a well-known Mexican lottery game similar to bingo, although they use, instead of numbers, they use images. So she uh, selected works from the collection that um, relate to these images. For example, there's one called La Sandia, which is a watermelon, and there's a painting that... Uh, relates to that because it has a watermelon in it. Uh, And some of them are literal representations of the cards, while others are either connected by concept uh, or by some other formal quality. So basically what we did is we created a deck of those cards using uh, MOLA's permanent collection. Yes, all from Uh, there. And this goes until April of 2013. That's right. April 14th is the closing date. And that permanent collection is something to behold any time of the year, folks. It's just just a world-class collection. That's why I call it a sort of a best-kept secret. Every time I bring somebody along on a Sunday or a weekend day, you know, it's always their first time, and they're always amazed, and they're always grateful. So, listeners, you're on notice about this, as I said, this cultural jewel that um, is for you to investigate when you have a little bit of time off for the holidays. But mm-hmm. that's only what's being exhibited. Then, then, then we... We're, we're opening some... Well, go ahead. Go go, go for it, Stuart. In, uh, in February, we opened some other shows. One is called Intersections, and it's a selection of works of art from the permanent collection that connect to one another generating dialogue between the past and the present of Latin American art. 
Um, this is a wonderful exhibit which will have uh, works by Joaquin Torres Garcia, uh, Orozco, and D David Alfaro Siqueiros, uh, many of the modern masters. And then uh, in the other gallery, we're opening an exhibit called Mixtape. Yes, Mixtape, mix like tape. Yeah, which is, a, is an exhibition, uh, works on paper from uh, MOLA's permanent collection that focuses on the tradition of uh, drawing in modern and contemporary Latin American art. And the title is uh, really a conceptual mix uh, or compilation mm -hmm. of songs connected to a theme or music mm -hmm. connected to a theme. So there will be... Uh, we were just asked by the curator to uh, to match the works in the collection to musical pieces that they invoke in us. So we're doing that. And then finally, um, we have two shows that are going to be juggled. Uh, one is a, a show that's coming from the Bank of America collection, uh, which is called 14 Visions of Mexico. And it's 14 well-known American photographers that traveled to Mexico in the 30s and 40s. Oh. And it's their impressions of Mexico. And it has work by Harry Callahan, Edward Weston, Paul Strand, uh, and many other big names in American photography. Big names uh, for merit, for, with merit, for sure. And when is this going to be on, Stuart? Because I don't that, think this is up yet on your website. No, it's not up on the website. And... Uh, it's going to be, um, when is that show? Okay, well, we'll let you uh, check it out. Uh, it's February 10th. Okay. Uh, well, it's going to be sometime, February 10th is the opening of uh, another exhibit, and then when that one comes down, uh, I believe this is going to be in early April. Okay. Uh, we don't have an exact date yet. Okay, it's the, in the works The other then. show that's opening in February is the voyeur, nudes yes. and erotic art from Mola's permanent collection. Oh. Uh, and it's a selection of nudes and erotic art, uh, includes painting, works on paper, video, and photography, uh, addressing themes of sexual desire in subtle, ironic, or explicit ways. Oh my. It's a small exhibit meant for mature audiences, uh, and it'll pre be presented in a restriction, restricted section of like the galleries. Like tucked behind the... Uh well, we'll have, a disclaimer. we'll have a disclaimer, right. you know, so people don't, who don't want to see their, who want to have their soul children see this, will be able to avoid it and not be surprised. Okay. Uh, so that's basically the schedule uh, until June, and then we have several uh, exhibits that we are in the pipeline and are being juggled according to availability, uh, and uh, probably don't need to announce them yet since I just gave you a bunch of exhibits, and there's plenty to do. Plenty to do now, and we'll give people another look in uh, to what's fresh and coming up for uh, their summertime and when we get to that later on. For those of you who have just joined us, we're listening to Stuart Ashman, President and CEO of the Museum of Latin American Art, located at the, I call it the sort of perimeter of the increasingly uh, deepening and establishing uh, Long Beach East Village Arts District um, there at 6th and Alamitos. It's a, oh, it's what a, what a place. And so here on KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine, streaming worldwide on the web at KUCI.org. We've talked about the permanent collection, and it's, all, it's brought out with themes of different kinds over these years. And then there's so many things, the individual, the couple, the family, the office can do 
at MOLA. So um, we just missed the storytelling. That was last weekend. So, um, But there will be plenty of activities planned for the full year. I don't notice on the calendar anything particularly tied to the holidays um, for the remainder of this month. But stay tuned, folks. The whole year, there's going to be projects and all that kind of thing. But let's break down some of those festivals. Uh, like there, I said, the storytelling festival was just last weekend. But there are other compelling features in the cultural presentations and uh, extensive education programs. Maybe, Stuart, you have a favorite you'd like to start with. Well, one of my favorites is a summer program that we did last year, uh, which is with a Cuban band named Tradison. Uh, this is a group of five musicians that have been playing together for 16 years, uh, and we brought them to the United States so they could play at MOLA. They also had a little uh, side gig in San Francisco and another one in Healdsburg, but primarily they're they did two shows for us at MOLA to audiences of over 650. We had, we had to turn people away at the door. Uh, so that mm-hmm. will be happening um, sometime this summer. We don't have a firm date on that yet, but uh, your listeners can look at our website, www.molaa.org, yes. and uh, that's one of our prize events. Um, and we also have uh, events for uh, Latino uh, Hispanic Heritage Month, uh, and then we're going to do something with uh, Cuban artist named Manuel Mendive for um, uh, celebrating an exhibit that he's doing at the California African American Museum, and that will mm. be sometime in April. Um, we have Lucha Libre planned. Uh, we also have uh, the usual annual tequila tasting, and of course our annual gala which will be June 8th, and will include uh, an art auction and uh, wonderful entertainment. We're going to have a, a surprise MC, which we're not going to say anything about not, yet. But No, uh, we, not on this station. We're going to save that for later. It's very, very exciting Good. Uh, to hear about that. Uh, and we have En La Noche, which is uh, mm. an event we do once a month, which is a night in somewhere. Uh in other words, you could do a night in Argentina, a night in um, Puerto Rico, a night in Colombia, and uh, the food, the music, uh, everything is themed to that country so people can be exposed uh, to the culture of that particular part of the world. Oh. Uh, so the events keep us pretty busy. Uh, and of course, uh, the Sunday festivals, uh, Day of the Dead in November. Yes. Uh, which is one of our biggest events, and uh, the Afro-Caribbean Festival, which also brings uh, up, upwards of 1,500 people to the museum on that day. And these events uh, that I'm mentioning now are free. Some have a cost associated with them, but most of them are free. And then uh, our annual event, which is a long tradition, is with Gregorio Luque. Gregorio Luque, who is one of the former directors of the museum, and we have him now engaged as our lecturer in residence. Yes. And he's back, and he's going to do uh, murals this year. He bounces murals off, folks. the stars. The images are off this, these wonderful surfaces in the outdoor sculptural garden, and away he goes on a theme of the choosing between the museum and him. He's the impresario extraordinaire, I think. With, uh, he is. He's the, a wonderful character. Uh, and really a personality in Southern California and elsewhere. And he projects images 
on a, a wall that's especially painted white for his show. Uh, it's 120 feet by 40 feet high. Uh, so it's really like going to uh, an IMAX theater. And he stands there and tells you the story. Uh, and this year he's going to have a special program with uh, Hemingway, which is uh, oh wow. a very interesting uh, history. He may need even a bigger wall. <laughs> yes, yeah, and lots of seats. <laughs> lots of seats. Uh, so that's a wonderful event, and we have, you know, people come and spend the evening. There's food. Last year we had uh, food trucks. This year we're going to have um, uh, a caterer come and prepare special foods that are themed to whatever the uh, mural presentation is. Fine. So we're very excited about that. And then there's the Art Lab. That's the uh, bi-monthly art workshops yes, for uh, adults bi- and local artists and the MOLA vendors. That's right. We have uh, an art studio, uh, capably manned, manned in quote, by <laughs> two women who are uh, our curator of education and our assistant curator of education, uh, Gabby Martinez, who is originally from Peru, and Rebecca Orta, who's a L.A. person of Mexican descent, uh, and they uh, do bilingual art classes there, as well as bringing in artists in residence uh, and a summer camp, uh, which lasts for four weeks yes. and brings children from all over the place. And another thing I wanted to tell you is, uh, and have your, your uh, listeners know about, is uh, about a year ago we mounted a campaign to buy a MOLA bus. And uh, the reason for this is that we discovered that many of the schools uh, didn't have the funds for field trips to bring their kids to the museum. So we thought that if we bought the bus ourselves and offered it, then we could bring all these kids um, to the museum. And we mounted this campaign and uh, raised $50,000. So early next year, we're going to be buying a bus, and we're going to have the kids design the paint job on it, uh, and then it'll be rolling. MOLA on the move. MOLA. Will be coming uh, to be a reality. And so, for the skeptics, just it, you're able to work out all the insurance and everything. I mean, it's that's going to be a, that's a tricky thing, but that's part of the the whole underwriting of this bus that you're going to be able to actually pick them up and bring them back to you. That's not a problem. Yeah, well, we have enough money to run it for a year, and then it's going to be an ongoing uh, look for endowments. You know, people, but people are very willing to support a project like this because mm. for about four hundred dollars. Uh, you can bring a school group to the museum for the day. Oh, good. Uh, and, you know, that's not a huge gift. No, that's, oh, and they, they'll never forget that trip. And they then they'll, they'll bring their parents to the, you know, those free weekend days. And as your development officer points out, the money, folks, you might save on the the admission on those free days, you can, you have choices. You can put it in that lovely cafe next door, and there, there really is a pretty incredible. Uh, I, I sound like a shelf, but I'm not. A, 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 a museum store that has you know, lovely books, printed work. There are, um, I can remember some horsehair jewelry that was out of this world. There, I don't know if that. So, and you have trunk shows, so people right. can come and deal directly with some of these distributors and the artists themselves. So. There's some beautiful things in that store, and, you know, we often get support from the consulates of those countries to send yes. our buyer to those countries to bring the stuff back. So there's some things that are absolutely genuine from, you know, Peru, Guatemala, Mexico, uh, Argentina, Uruguay, 
uh, it's just amazing what's in that store. You yeah. don't have to you don't have to go online. You can come in and and see it, handle it, and purchase it right there. It, yes, it's it is quite extensive there. Well, for those of you who've just joined us, we're getting a chance to open up this jewel this jewel box with the president and CEO of the Museum of Latin American Art, Stuart Ashman, here on Radio KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine, still streaming on the web at KUCI.org. Well, we've talked about the programs. We've talked about, oh, there's the Buen Provecho, uh, and you've talked about that in La Noche, but that's different. The Buen Provecho program? That that's teaching people the actual uh, how tos of of the uh, the of culinary cooking. tradition. Yes, uh-huh. we had last uh, month we had tamale making, so mm. people that want to make tamales can learn how to make them. Uh, and we do have experts, and you get to taste the stuff when you come. So it's a wonderful evening as well. And you have there's different ways people can become. Uh, a part of this community. There, you kept a, a very reasonable kind of a museum admission for, uh, I mean, for a membership and singles, doubles, uh, families, and, and larger support. And it's uh, we have lots of discounted uh, memberships for seniors, for students, um, an individual membership or a family membership, um, and then of course there are the silver, gold, and diamond oh, of director circle, but. If you just want to take advantage of the museum and you have a family for $60 a year, you can become a member and avail yourself of all of these things and a discount at the gift shop. Discounts to all of the events that that um, have a cost associated with them, but the event, but the museum is free for you and your family all the time. And sometimes uh, it's nice to get to go to some of those member open and house openings so that you can enjoy with other members what's going on in an evening kind of an atmosphere. Also, there's, people can also reserve your space, can they not, for a very special kind of a setting for for parties and that kind of a yes, thing. You're uh-huh. still doing we that. Have a, we have a rental facility with uh, catering. Um, we can accommodate uh, up to 500 people. Uh, for a, a dinner, a wedding, uh, quinceañera, any kind of event like that. So uh, the the uh, the building was very well thought out by the founder. You know, we didn't talk about him. That's Dr. Robert Gumbiner. Oh, we need to talk about him. And yes. family are still involved. He's he's passed away, but there are yes. family members that are very much involved on the board, in the operations, and the continuing the vision there, the Gumbiners. That's right. And, you know, Dr. Gumbiner was... Uh, a brilliant guy who uh, really was one of the first um, people who thought of the idea of an HMO. And he was in the healthcare business for a long time, but he had a passion for Latin American art, and he decided to build a museum to house his collection uh, and uh, then endowed the museum uh, with some funds that help us operate the, the museum. Uh, and... Uh, you know, really is an icon uh, in Latin American art world because of uh, what he did. You know, he spent over $40 million just in the building mm. uh, of his own money. He didn't go out and raise it. He just spent it himself. And while he was still around, he was involved with that extension with I'm trying, the Colombian artist, the uh, the sculptor artist, Alvarez, was that his name? Uh-huh. Where the, yeah. uh, that extension uh, on the um, the Los Alamitos side of the the 
the whole complex, and it's an out outdoor um, sculptural piece. And that was the last piece commissioned by that artist before that artist uh, uh, expired. So it's uh, yes, and and we're in the process of of purchasing a piece that's in front of the museum right now from a Tijuana artist named Daniel Ruanolo, which really has become the icon of the museum because of where it sits. Okay. It looks like a giant sea urchin. Oh, yes. Okay. Okay. Well, I think it's wonderful that we have a chance to give everybody a, a look-see at all of the the choices, the the realms that you can enter into when you come to the Museum of Latin American Art. And we are so glad today to have CEO and President Stuart Ashman lead us through that. Mr. Stuart Ashman, thank you very much for being on Ask a Leader today. Thank you very much, Claudia. And don't forget... Uh, you listen as need to know que en el museo se habla español. Perdón, en inglés, por favor. En el museo se habla español. We speak Spanish at the museum. Ah, sí, sí. If, if it's needed. Everything is bilingual, so um, if you speak Spanish, uh, you'll be very comfortable. And if you want to learn Spanish, it's a great place to do it. Well done. Bien hecho, and thank you. Happy holidays to you, Stuart. And um, we'll stay tuned for some uh, updates when it comes around summertime. Guaranteed. Thank you very much, Claudia, and Merry Christmas and Happy New Year to you. Likewise, thank you. Bye-bye. Well, that was today's treat from me to you, what to do over the holidays and into the new year. Thank you, everybody, for joining me this Christmas morning. Uh, next up is George Rosales, and I'm wondering what he has in store for you this celebratory day. It's, um, I think he's going to swerve from the profane to the sacred and back to the profane again. So uh, strap on, everybody. It's George Rosales up next. Thanks again for joining me. See you, listen to you next year. Raindrops on roses and whiskers on kittens. Bright copper kettles and warm woolen mittens Brown paper packages tied up with strings These are a few